Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. So the big thing I think that would be a good way to start is to be like, hey, I guess we're already starting, but um, <laughs> I, we were talking earlier about how you guys have religious backgrounds. And I think I've told you that the first time I ever read the Bible was to research an episode of this podcast. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah. And I've actually never been to church ever. What I haven't said is that the reason why I know so much about the spiritualist movement is because, mm. and I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, but my mom is <laughs> was part of it, or at least is, or was a lot more when I was younger. So I was, well, everyone, while you were in Bible school or whatever, I was, I had psychics coming over to the house and- oh. All sorts of Whoa. fun that's, stuff. That's fascinating right there. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. it. Did you get any insights from that? Uh, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, somebody came over and was showing us maps of how uh, the world was going to be uh, sunk underwater sometime around the year 2007. So um, All right. still waiting All right. on that one. But, uh... <laughs> well, they, so I think famously the Jonas Brothers did clarify later that it was the year 3000 where not much has changed, but we lived underwater so they got it from 2007 <laughs> to the year 3000 it's a little bit off if you think about it we got trey here who does like dinosaur stuff and yeah. on dinosaur scales that's extremely close yeah that, that's like that's like plus or minus like very very small margin of error right there yeah basically nailed it i think <laughs> yeah um hi internet uh this is the show it's probably not aliens a podcast where we talk about ancient astronaut theories pseudo-archaeology and focus through the hit history educational television show <laughs> huge aliens there. Yeah, there's uh, a big asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Tristan, and I know something about aliens and, and stuff. And my co-host, yes. Scott Nice Wonder, is here. Yes, and I am Scott Nice Wonder. I know almost nothing. Uh, to be honest, I my only preparation for this podcast is watching ancient aliens episodes, which until Tristan bursts my bubble, I fully believe are 100 percent accurate yeah. so we'll see how we'll see if it's the same as it always is or if, if we got some nugget of truth in there and we have a fantastic guest 
uh, on our show today. Yeah. Yes. Hello. So hello. as I mentioned, the cold open, I don't really know too much about the Bible per se. Uh, <laughs> so I decided to call on a person who has been doing pseudo archaeology and pseudo history YouTubing uh, long before this show ever came around. And that is Trey of Trey the Explainer fame. Hello. Hello. Yes. It's it's great to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, Trey is a YouTuber, makes videos about and I, I, I kid you not, just this is an eclectic bunch of things. Uh, pseudoscience, pseudohistory, archaeology, biblical claims, uh, cryptids. Yeah, we have to do some cryptids. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Uh, paleontology in general. And um, also human anthropology, anthropological yeah. history. Um, so, yeah, just what is Trey's video about? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like whatever I was feeling that day. That's the dream. Honestly, I feel like I've for the last like seven or eight years, I've been stuck in this bubble of doing. I, I have to talk about comics and superheroes when I want to talk about other things and uh you know i i i very much envy your ability to just sort of talk about whatever you want to talk about it's it's the <laughs> well, dream thanks. i think yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun that's like I've, i have trouble like getting locked into a specific subject or topic it's just like i'm like a bird that like sees something shiny and i'm like i want that now and i just go yeah. on to something else <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i do have to say on dino talk uh constant source of friction with my wife is that she is like a lot of people absolutely unbudging about the dinosaur feathers oh interesting uh, it's just like no jurassic park taught me all i need to know and so she not that she doesn't oh, so acknowledge she's it's against yes because she doesn't not that <laughs> okay. she doesn't acknowledge it's real but she acknowledges that it very much should not be real uh when i say <laughs> that actually like t-rex was probably fluffy and had like bright colors and um was <laughs> And the dinosaurs are more like big leathery birds than they are lizards. <laughs> <laughs> so she like she disagrees with them on like aesthetic purposes. Yeah, because the idea <laughs> that the dinosaurs like... were actually like fluffy is like is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Oh, it gets really um I remember back in the day, back in oh gosh, 2013, whenever I was starting, that was like this big, big debate. People talking about like if feathers are lame, if dinosaurs should be back to like lizards and stuff. <laughs> yeah. What we need are more like I, th I think, you know, cultural mindset is, is shaped by my media. You know, I think we need more movies. Like if Godzilla had feathers, I think we could change some minds. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There's a, a Jurassic Park has like almost like a monopoly on dinosaur content. So it's like very yeah. limited yeah. what you can see. There's in one of the movies, they had to retcon it being like, they're not even scientifically at like, these aren't <laughs> real clones of dinosaurs. They're not even real. They don't even have feathers. <laughs> and it was like their way of saying that like, oh no, this is not about dinosaurs anymore this is about genetic monsters but um mm -hmm. we're here to talk about a different sort of genetic monster today yes. um <laughs> <and> <laughs> incredible a segue a different sort of giant uh instead of giant uh like a giant version of a budgie that could eat you um, we're going to think about giant people. And this is why we got Trey and say, because Trey, you've done a video or two on the subject of today's uh, episode. Mm -hmm. The Nephilim, yes. which I found out are not just um, the name for the main character of Diablo 3. So please, um, <laughs> I've got some notes 
okay. here. Yeah. And Trey, if you've got juicy tidbits to add. I do, I do, yeah. To let us, to, to let us chat about yeah, it. Yeah, please uh, interrupt at any time. Okay. Yeah. I'm so bad with interrupting, so I got to really push myself. <laughs> it's all good. We'll give you lots of room, don't worry. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so let's lay out what the ancient aliens people say about the Nephilim, one of the coolest names for something in the Bible, per se. Absolutely. Uh, it's yeah. right up there with Leviathan and uh, I think the other behemoth. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, the, yes. the word The word Nephilim, do you know what Nephilim means in, in ancient Hebrew? No. No. It, it literally translates to something like roughly around like the fallen or like the fallen ones Ooh. or something like that. Oh, yeah. We'll get into why that is. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Fascinating. So here's, here's, where we st- here's where ancient aliens start. It's our with where they go and what they say. So according to many scientists or uh, many archaeologists agree, that's how they start a lot of their arguments. That, uh, many, many actual real archaeologists A non-specific agree. amount of archaeologists. <laughs> a non-zero amount of people who call themselves archaeologists agree mm-hmm. that um, if you look at the comparative uh, history of mythology of various different cultures that all seem to be in the Middle East and Europe, Uh, There's this common narrative of the gods coming down to Earth and uh, with their infinite uh, power and ability, what they really want to do is get busy. (laughs) Um, That's all they want to do. Yeah, they find human women absolutely irresistible. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, for whether humans, mountains, geese, actually, that's just one god. Never mind. Um, but, <laughs> but that these gods come to Earth and they find quote the daughters of men attractive. And uh, sometimes they're sometimes they're gods, sometimes they're angels. And in the Bible, there is a story mm-hmm. in the book of Genesis. So mm-hmm. the first one, right up front, episode one, that a group of <laughs> fallen angels not only mate with the women of Earth, but produce offspring called the Nephilim, who are a mm. race of giants. And the most common case pointed to of a Nephilim is the titular Goliath of David and Goliath fame. Ah, mm. I've seen this Veggie Tales episode. <laughs> yes. And you see this in Greek mythology with, with mm-hmm. the most notoriously horny god Zeus. Mm. And so, according to ancient aliens, these were not gods. That would be silly. That would be silly. That would be, yeah, that, yeah, Tristan, yeah. you're being ridiculous. That's ridiculous. They can't be gods. <laughs> gods couldn't have sex with women. Yo, who could? Mm. Aliens. <laughs> aliens. I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> Listen, biology aside, it was aliens. And furthermore, just a little bit of more of a touch is that uh, any references to virgin births, Mm -hmm. that was artificial insemination. So So we're covering a lot of ground here in this time. Yeah, because I think we've talked about this in the past that it's weirdly biblically literal, but also to say that the Virgin Mary was artificially inseminated might be the most sacrilegious thing someone could say. (laughs) Um, So hold on. Can Can you explain? Are these different aliens because some of them are giants was jesus a giant no no he, okay wait, no no, no, um, no because I th- I so. um because i don't think so either <laughs> in the bible in the book of enoch mm-hmm. uh we'll get to this a little bit later but god gets very mad and washes them all away with uh global flood okay so the artificial so the the virgin mary stuff was a di- was not aliens it was something 
what or but what it was it also is. aliens in ancient but aliens it was, minds yes okay different aliens different aliens. Yeah, it seems like ancient aliens their timeline's a little confused right here mm-hmm. yeah it's a few thousand years <laughs> off it's fine uh again dinosaur timelines it's good um, <laughs> yeah. so that, that, that's the claim that we're looking at today. And uh, to get started, there actually is something quite interesting about these common theories or these common stories that show up in mythology of gods or, you know, uh, celestial entities coming to Earth. Sometimes it's demons in various cultures around the world coming to have sex with women. There has been some research into why this is. It seems to be a common trope that comes up. Uh, it, one one theory that I think is very uh, viable is that apparently this is a common uh, experience when one is experiencing sleep paralysis. Mm. Um, yeah. So okay. So sleep paralysis is a thing that happens when. Uh, so all right, science time. When you are sleeping, <laughs> your body paralyzes itself so that when you're dreaming, you don't just do like what dogs do, where your like legs are running while you're sleeping and stuff like that, so that you stay still while doing all your dreams stuff yeah it paralyzes your body but there's this kind of state that you can get into and only some people can have it where that process of paralyzing the body goes through and you're still sort of conscious and awake but you can't move and because you're sort of in this half dreamlike state you tend to have waking dreams mm. and a lot of stories that refer to like succubi or having sexual liaisons with like demons and stuff like that could have uh, roots back to this. And also there are stories of people who have been visited by aliens in more modern day, like, you know, UFO sightings that also uh, have to do with yeah. this sort of coming to you at night while you're in bed. And so this is just one one thing that comes to mind is that this is why the story shut up a lot. Mm. Can I can I interrupt here? Have either of you experienced sleep paralysis? No. I have not, but my my mom has apparently a, a dark shadow attacked her one night or something very long time ago. She's, she yeah. believes it was a demon. Oh, but that's no good. I think, I think it was a sleep paralysis. I experience sleep paralysis quite constantly. Actually, oh. okay. So I was just <laughs> describing your personal nightmare. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I well, it's gotten to the point where I I can almost uh, like a science experiment or like a like debugging a computer. Like I can recreate the conditions to give myself sleep. Pro- Not that I oh want my God. to, but but I <laughs> but I know exactly what what will cause it to happen, and I try to avoid those things. For me, it is exclusively if I fall asleep flat on my back then uh for some reason i will wake up conscious but unable to move and it is terrifying every single time and have you seen stuff I don't want to delve too I've deep never on seen, horrible things. I've never seen anything. That's the thing. I've never seen uh, like a hallucination or anything like that. The very first time it happened, I was in class. I fell asleep in class. Oh, it was the, no. It was, oh. Yes, it was It was one of the only times that it hasn't happened when I was- It was a like, test day and you were naked and all your teeth were falling out. <laughs> no, it was It was one of the, the only times it, it's ever happened to me when I have not been laying directly on my back. I was just like hunched over at my desk and like the bell rang to get up and I was like, 
conscious, but I was like, why can't I move? Why can't I move? Oh. And it was, it was the very first time it happened. I had no idea what was happening. I was terrified. It was just absolutely awful. Nowadays, because it happens so much to me, I just find it more annoying than anything. I'm just like, oh, come on. Come on, body. <laughs> get it get it together. But no, I've never seen anything. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but this is like the most prominent theory as to hmm. where these sort of stories of sexual liaison specifically with, you know, celestial beings comes from. Uh, and that's why it seems to be a universal cross culture. That's just one explanation. Yeah. That's like the boring biology one based in research and such. Oof. But um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it is something that's worth looking into. And I uh, I don't have answers on that front, but I thought that that was just an interesting way to get started. Well, it definitely could be that like um, I could see like people in the past depicted their gods very human like. And it's just a human, very human like behavior to interbreed with people and all kinds of stuff like that, especially in the ancient times where like I could see where it's just like an anthropomorphizing of the of the deities themselves mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a good way to look at it yeah but in this particular case in christian and jewish mythology specifically these are the story of the nephilim come from uh the book of genesis specifically mm. for anybody who loves their their specific numbers chapter six verses one to two and four mm -hmm. uh according to genesis jesus he knows me he knows i'm right wait no okay that's <laughs> different genesis um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to, that one's from my dad. Um, but uh, yeah, essentially when human beings began to increase in number, I think I'm actually quoting the Bible here. All right, um, <laughs> I'll put a Bible voice here. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. The Nephilim were on earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. Hmm. That's from the New International Version. So I think part of this has to do with uh, trying to answer the age old question. Adam and Eve have baby. Yeah. Have babies. One yeah. baby kill other baby. Yeah. Back to one baby then. And then the next chapter, there's just people. And they kind of are just like, well, where? Mm. <laughs> um, uh, they don't really go into too much explanation on that, but they do refer to these people as like sons of God and daughters of humans and the Nephilim sort of show up. If I'm wrong on that one, just let me know. But that's that seems to be like the point they're trying to fill in here. The the sons of God is a really interesting thing where the the word used specifically, it's uh well, I'm, people are gonna criticize me for my pronunciation, but it's like bin Elohim, which um it it a literal translation of it is uh Elohim is is a name for God. There's like multiple versions. And uh that one specifically, it's weird where it's a word that is often translated as singular, but it's in truth it's like a plural noun. So uh, um, it should really translate to the son, sons of the gods, um, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah it's weird. In, in in Genesis, God, especially in the early chapters, is often referred to as in that Elohim as like the gods. And it might be why like a lot of the pronouns are plural and stuff. It's very interesting. It's very weird. It'll make sense later. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of there's there's I think there's uh, some people who study like very, very ancient Judaism, like pre-biblical Judaism suspect that Judaism was a polytheistic religion very right. early on and that they sort of were a council of gods called the Elohim. And then they sort of got merged into a single figure over time. <laughs> yeah, they were like retconned. And even in those early books, they don't refer to God like in the sort of like this is the only God. There are no others. They are all fake. But actually that, that this is our God and it's the best one. Mm -hmm. And even 
even in the story of Moses, they acknowledge that at least the Egyptian gods exist, just that Yahweh kicks their butt with uh, <laughs> with, with stick snakes. <laughs> so so yes, uh, so many Christians do consider this uh, these people to be the the sons the the sons of God and the daughters of humans uh, to be different families of Adam and Eve's children. But another interpretation is that the Nephilim are the children of the quote sons of God and daughters of humans. Although scholars are uncertain, but what we see later is that in the King James version, again, not in ancient biblical times, but, you know, um, partially written by William Shakespeare times, <laughs> the Nephilim get uh, translated to a new name, which is Giants yeah. or Giborim. And so that that's that part. Um, then we kind of get more of the story in the book of Enoch, which mm-hmm. is sort of going back and reinterpreting this part of Genesis and says the sons of God are actually 200 angels called Watchers mm. who descended to the earth to breed with humans and that their offspring were the Nephilim, uh, giants who, quote, consumed all of the acquisitions of men. So they were sort of like tyrants over the planet. And the example that often is brought is um, is Goliath because mm. Goliath is a big bully. I, I know that in like the uh, Book of Giants as well, uh, which is like sort of a a book that was written around that same time as Book of Enoch, um, they explicitly name like a uh, Gilgamesh in uh, Humbaba as uh, Nephilim as well, which is kind of weird. Oh, well, oh, I wild. Mean, they were in the same soup, right? <laughs> yeah, and Humbaba is an interesting one. Where Humbaba is this weird uh, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, he's this bizarre um, sort of like minotaur like monster that has uh, intestines for face like for a face it's very weird to see this in like the Israelite canon <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> It, 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 it's interesting how because um, it comes from this this time where polytheism was the norm right and so they don't like not acknowledge the mythology of other regions like today where all monotheistic religions just assume that all the other ones are false or don't work but that is that this is that they all exist there's this, this one this god is ours and yeah. this god is the strongest one and that kind of thing and so you do end up with yeah like a lot of like uh, mythical entities from other cultures just sort of being added in because like it's not it's not uh, mutually exclusive at that time mm. yeah there's a like secret uh a secret like third mention of the nephilim at one point oh and it's only in some versions of the bible it's very interesting um it's in ezekiel 32 27 and it's, oh my we we did an episode on ezekiel oh nice uh it's it's only found in the Septuagint version of it which is a greek translation of uh an older i gotta get my map out like there's so many versions of the bible well, it's hard to tell which one's sure, yeah, related, absolutely. but it's like a Greek version of a Hebrew version that uses a different branch than our modern Bibles. And so it says, they lie with the warriors, the Nephilim of old, who descended to Sheol with their weapons of war. They placed their swords beneath their heads and their shields upon their bones. For the terror of the warriors was upon the land of the living. Very interesting verse right there. Ooh, um, yeah. And it mentions uh, Sheol. And Sheol is this interesting concept in uh, ancient uh, Israelite cosmology or ancient Hebrew cosmology where it's essentially it's often translated as hell uh, in modern bibles but it's really similar to like hades where it's not really a, a bad place but it's more like an underworld that's kind of like you end up there when you die and it's neither really good nor really bad uh, mm-hmm. and how it's how it's voiced is it says that the nephilim are, the, are like these old warriors these really strong warriors that had huge weapons and stuff like that yeah but not necessarily like giants yeah, it doesn't really mention giants. It's 
it, the, the Nephilim, they have um, the epithet, like, the mighty heroes of the great men or something like that. Yeah. So they're more like warriors. Okay. Now, what's interesting here, and this is something I kind of think that you'd be able to talk more about, Trey, which is if you've ever followed, especially like young earth creationist or like Christian archaeology type stuff, one of the things that they try to look for, they try to look for, you know, dinosaurs that aren't old or uh, signs of the flood existing, but... Uh, one that shows up a lot, and there have been a lot of hoaxes over the years, is skeletons of giants. Oh, yes. Because it would verify that the Nephilim did exist, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot uh, in like pseudo-archaeology circles, like giant skeletons. Like there's like tons of these awful photoshopped images of them. And there's like these weird conspiracies that ar- archaeologists are like hiding giant skeletons around the world. Not like, <laughs> I don't know what our reasoning would be to, to do this. Yeah, I always wonder why. That's my, whenever. There's like a big conspiracy like that. It's like, what's the reason why? (laughs) Just as a fun little game, a little puzzle, if you can put it all together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's like a whole conspiracy group of people that just believe like building-sized humans once existed. And it's just, it's a, I I can't really say much about it because it's just kind of (laughs) silly. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I have seen evidence myself uh, a few weeks ago was Halloween. And uh, I don't know if you've seen a new fad these days, but you can buy these like 10 foot tall skeletons to put on your front lawn. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> yeah, they're like $300 at Home Depot, but people have been buying them. Yeah, so so yeah, so it, very often if you follow the work of young earth creationists, which like, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like they were more of a thing like 10 years ago or so. Yeah. But they're, I'm, they're, they're, they're still around, they're still active. They've definitely died out since, uh, or not, not as gotten, gotten as much attention as they did back in like the early 2000s and mid 2000s. Yeah, some of them went to some of them went to prison yes. uh, around that time, or just getting out. I found out that Ken Hovind's been released from prison finally for embezzling a bunch of money. I think. Goodness. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So this is why, if you ever hear, especially like young Earth creationists, I imagine that also because like one of the biggest Christian sects that really gets invested in archaeology is Mormons, mm-hmm. but uh, they have a they have their entire own history that they're trying to prove to be true so that might not play into it but like a lot of times with like uh, young earth creationists and pseudo-archaeology like the reason that giants show up a lot and that they're trying to make the case that there is that these giants are are real is because they're trying to make the case for the literal bible this is why another thing that comes up is trying to find living dinosaurs Mm -hmm. that's that's one one. and um i'm trying to what's another one they really like to go for they like going for finding noah's ark yeah they want to find sodom and gomorrah like constantly but not for the fun reasons. No, no. Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> yeah. Every every other year, there's always a uh, discovery, quote unquote, discovery made by like a Christian archaeology group that like yeah. says we found undisputable evidence that this town was burned with a brimstone at this certain date, and therefore it mm-hmm. has to be Sodom and Gomorrah. It's constant. Man, I remember all sorts of that stuff when I was growing up. I remember there people found like gold wheels or something which apparently proved that like Moses did part the sea because like why would those wheels be that far into the sea or whatever like it's <laughs> that kind of that kind of stuff I remember being very prevalent when I was growing mm. up now what I find interesting about that is that there's that kind of way of trying to show like literal Bible truth there's the other one that also the History Channel does that I think is also like really weird and fascinating and this is one that we're not going to get into here or I'm going to get into here just briefly. 
but that they try to like science away all of the uh, of the Bible. Oh, like yes. I remember, for example, the they try to claim that the turning the Nile to blood was some sort of like algal bloom. Yeah. And uh, that Moses didn't exactly part the Red Sea because it was actually the Reed Sea. Uh, which is a much shallower part that uh, has like a low tide thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, they got, they just like, had, it was like a typo. Like it wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea. Which, you know, I don't think the word red was the same word <laughs> when it was first made. <laughs> it looks so close in English though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard people try to explain the parting of the Red Sea as um, the uh, Minoan eruption. And they try to like fudge all these numbers by like getting this thing that's like a thousand years separate from it and they go like oh yeah this is kind of close enough so this mm-hmm. volcanic eruption mm. caused a tidal wave that to recede um and there's a and i can really get into like the exodus timeline <laughs> the timeline of exodus is bizarre and how it doesn't make any sense oh, <laughs> man. well you know it's this is the problem this is this is the problem with taking something literally like right i i i, I we always want to point out here that i don't really like being a jerk to people's sincerely held religious beliefs and like there are a lot of people where the bible is you know it's a and like these are stories about morality and about um you know belief and like yeah. uh you know uh faith like the, the Moses story is about how you know ironclad faith will get you through the worst of times and that kind of stuff and like that's mm. a great that's that's a great part but to then be like no he literally his snake turned into a his sort his stick turned into a snake and it killed the priest snakes and then they they literally yeah. went through and then you get the next level where then you go literal, then you go back to science. You're like, and that's how they lived in the desert because they ate algae from the mana machine. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, that was powered by the, the nuclear powered arc, uh, arc of the yeah. comet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh my so, God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in our inner tale, the Nephilim are a race of giants who are terrorizing humanity and stealing all of their resources. So they're essentially billionaires at this point. <laughs> I was thinking Wall Street bankers. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shots fired. Commentary. Hot. Hot off the press. Yeah. But then, uh, then they can no, when when the humans can no longer sustain the Nephilim, the Nephilim turn on them. And at the same time, when the Watchers were here uh, making all of these Nephilim, they also taught humans the forbidden arts like metallurgy, metalworking, cosmetics, sorcery, mm. astrology. Astrology, astronomy, and meteorology, which to me also has big vibes of the story of Prometheus from Greek mythology of Mm. him being punished by the gods for teaching humans how to make fire. Mm. So we have another recurring because I mean, the Greek world and the Middle Eastern world were not super far apart. So they definitely all had conversations with each other uh, mythologically. Uh, So not only watchers come here and teach us all of this forbidden uh, wizardry, but then also uh, just love the earth women and just have all the these Nephilim children that then become terrorized. These, these watchers, these, these angels that were here just to, you know, look over yeah. us, uh, for, you know, take watch for God, uh, have really made a big mess of things. <laughs> yeah, Tristan, who's watching the watchers, you know, turns out the answer is God. Um, because at some point God finally finds out about all of this, um, all of this just mischief going on on earth and shows up and he sees this just mess that's been made. That all these ideas have been poisoned to the people. They, the, the angels are having children with the people. And it's just an absolute mess. <sighs> Uh, so he imprisons the Watchers under the ground, which, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure out how that's significant later. Um, oh. 
and also decides like uh, there's really no way to like fix this situation. So we're just going to grab Noah and a few of his sons and two of every animal. And we're just going to flood the planet and start over. Yeah. Um, wash it all down the drain. <laughs> yeah. Start fresh. And so the answer as to why there are no Nephilim today is because they all died in the Bible flood. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So Noah was, you know, the, the, the way to save it because Noah was the, was the only pure human that he could find to do this thing or at least one of the few pure humans who didn't have any angel blood at all Mm -hmm. um and yeah uh after this because the watchers are referred to uh because they disobeyed god the bible then describes them as quote fallen angels which uh you know if you know your christianity you know that uh fallen angels kind of also go by the name of demons (laughs) (laughs) Mm mm-hmm so and and underground also has a special significance to um yes. to Christianity. Uh so that that that's essentially the that is the uh the short 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 version of the role that the Nephilim play in the Bible and biblical mythology and then a mm. whole lot of other tangents as well. Yeah. So what do the ancient aliens people believe? We're we're gonna we're gonna answer that question after these ads. <laughs> if there are ads. <laughs> if there are ads, we don't even know. After this quick break, that might be quicker than you think. Oh man, what a great break we just had, everybody. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. Best one yet. Because it was mm-hmm. the first one we've done. Yeah. So in our last section, we talked about what the role these these ancient giants played in the Bible and yeah. how they uh, fit into not only like young earth creationism today, but just all sorts of what role they play in this this very unique part of the uh, of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ancient aliens people come around and pick it up and they argue a whole new uh, set of interpretations of these biblical uh, these Bible facts. Which instead of thinking that maybe this is ancient mythology and should be taken literally, instead yeah. they're no, they go, no, we're going to take it even more literally. <laughs> um, so, All mythology is just aliens. We couldn't understand it. So we made them gods. Exactly. So according to the ancient astronaut people, uh, the story of the fallen angel of the fall of the watchers and the Nephilim is an account of extraterrestrials visiting Earth that we called the Watchers because mm. they were astronauts and their mission was to observe humanity. So this is like they basically did a big violation of the prime directive here. Um, <laughs> they definitely this is definitely a, a peak Captain Kirk move. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is this is. Marvel's Uatu the Watcher swearing not to interfere and then always inevitably interfering in some capacity. Honestly, like if they just say like, all right, you have to sit here and watch and don't do anything. And then sometimes you accidentally cause a Hiroshima to happen. And uh, <laughs> yeah, wait a second. How does that fit into the rest of their canon with like? The... No, 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 no. That's a, that's a reference to the movie The Eternals where oh. they have a very sensitive to the Japanese people scene where they just sit around in the burning crater of Hiroshima and say, well, shouldn't have done that one. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that sounds bad. <laughs> it's, it is. It's not a great movie. It's not my favorite movie. 
Oh, God. I thought you were talking about, like, the ancient aliens uh, conspiracy that has to do with, like, uh, ancient nuclear bombs and stuff. That is a, another real one, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. It's Mohenjo-Daro and all that, yeah. This mm-hmm. podcast has decades of content to sit through. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, we've, I think at this point, we've done over 20 episodes, and we've made it to maybe episode two or three oh my God. of we're, the show. Okay, we, are in, we are officially in episode three by the last episode that I was researching, which is actually, like, three or four episodes that's, from now that's so, wild yeah. that's really uh it's taking us so long it t- takes so long to debunk these things and they rattle yeah. them off so quickly <laughs> mm-hmm. so so the watches are aliens uh of course and they disobeyed their orders and they crossbred with the human females and they shared their advanced technology with us making the pyramids making the ark of the covenant nuclear reactor making obviously, the mana machine making obviously. the Vimana airplanes uh-huh um, you know, and when you have airplanes you need airports so they made the nazca lines and everything like yeah. that yeah, yeah. so about for the the egyptian heliga- helicopter that's like a it's like literally just like an error that happened where they wrote on a piece of paper twice oh no <laughs> i don't know about that one. oh man i i wish to see this <laughs> there's a there's a high hieroglyph in Egypt somewhere that looks like an Apache helicopter, but what had happened was is that the Egyptians reused the uh, same piece of wall twice and wrote on top of pre-existing writing and it just <laughs> makes it look like uh, a helicopter. Oh and people were like, look, they had giant helicopters. <laughs> they just didn't have whiteout. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to... Um, there's so much There's so much more. Trey, you're just showing us that we have such a deep well to dig into. I know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah, and so what that what we call the Nephilim in the Bible mm-hmm. are actually half human, half extraterrestrial hybrids. Now, I do have to say, mm-hmm. I'm not a biologist, but I know that we can't successfully and I'm sad to say they tried. We can't <laughs> successfully breed with chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. Chimpanzees <laughs> have like 99 plus, you know, like some astronomically yeah. huge amount of similar DNA to us. They are It's real close. Yeah, they're only a couple million years of evolution separated from us. Mm. I think our actual closest relatives are the bonobos, the the horniest monkeys in the universe. <laughs> um <laughs> But um, but uh, even then, we can't breed with them either. And trust me, <laughs> those bonobos have tried. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I don't know about that. But like, with the chimpanzee thing, there is actually some really horrific experiments under yeah. the Stalin yeah. government. It was it was really weird. <laughs> but uh, but we can't breed with them. We might have we we were able to breed with with Homo erectus, Neanderthal people. Yeah. Dinos events too. Yeah, we were we were able to yeah, so we were able to do that. We were able to do the Neanderthals so that we could become so we could make French people. I know I'm one of them. Brow. <laughs> um <laughs> And, and Denosovans, where are those people from? Um, there were they. So people that are descended from them are typically from like uh, the Pacific Islands and like Papua New Guinea and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Any relation to? Because um, there was that the the what's it called? Those um, the Flores people. Hobbit human. Yeah, names? yeah, yeah. The Flor- yeah. Uh, Homo floresiensis. Um, they are not related to them. Those are another branch that uh, of Homo erectus, or uh, not even Homo erectus. It's, they're debated. There's a lot of like conjecture on where those guys came from. Just that there was That's a lot so of humans bumping around back then. <laughs> well, um, you guys uh, uh, in the audience, you probably have heard me talk a little bit about this in my interview with uh, Lena Vincent uh, a few weeks ago. But any biology, like I'll, I'll just put out there, any biology we discover in the universe that is extraterrestrial, as in 
in, it evolved from a separate biochemistry to us is going to have less in common, if, if it even has genetics, yeah. will have less in common with us than us with dandelions. Or like bacteria, literal bacteria will have more in common with them than an alien species. <laughs> yeah, so if we find a truly alien living creature, the idea that we could successfully interbreed with them is possibly we've we've saw, we've shown a lot of bad science in this series yeah. this is the worst form of science yeah, the, the, like, as a geneticist this is like insane what what they're claiming here like <laughs> like the <laughs> the odds of it like aliens probably wouldn't even have like dna they would have like like a weird different type of molecule as their genetic unit mm-hmm. i don't know superman has a son <laughs> <laughs> well, with lois lane so i think that works i think that works out yeah i mean i guess like the easy way to say is okay they didn't breed with them they did like some hyper genetic engineering program but even so they probably don't even have dna in the way that we know it all right i just had to it's my job to mention superman in every episode (laughs) there you go so yeah they claim that the reason why noah was chosen again going very literal the reason why noah was chosen uh, to survive the flood was because he had the least tarnished uh genealogy and he has a son by the name of Lamech mm-hmm. that he, uh, I'm trying, I don't know what the fate of Lamech is uh, compared to the flood, but there's a whole story about how he doesn't think that Lamech is his son. Oh, oh yes. I, I remember he, reading about this. Is this where they just straight up make up verses in the Bible? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Biblical yeah. fan fiction. I love it. Yeah. So, so there's this story. Uh, so this is a, this is the Bible quote. Uh, And one day Lamech's woman was pregnant and Lamech said, this is impossible. I wasn't there for months. (laughs) <laughs> um, which is a tr- which is troubling because um, Lamech doubted that Noah was his son because he wasn't there for months. But is this is this Von Daniken speaking? This is Eric Von Daniken speaking. This is Eric Von Daniken quoting the Bible. You from under me. <laughs> it was yeah. That sounds so, like him. <laughs> um, the the I was not the problem with that quote is that the I was not there for months. The key part of that was just added. He, he makes just that did, up. He did. Yeah, Eric Von Daniken <laughs> just just shoved that one in. So it was unbelievable. Ju- this if it is possible for a podcast to have an arch nemesis <laughs> it would be for us it would be von Danik. this old I, swiss man i um, cannot believe i genuinely didn't see that coming and then you you here he is once again von Danik. unbelievable <laughs> yeah yeah um so because uh eric von Daniken inserts this but you see because the reason why i i sorry i got the uh the genealogy wrong lamech i guess is noah's father yeah um, okay. so at a point Lamech doesn't think that Noah is his son but not because he wasn't there for months he very much was but it's because Noah doesn't look like him mm. or doesn't look a lot like him and it's just mm. part of the story there so that's just like one of the last um, big fun claims they get into so you might ask was there a reason was was was, was this the, was the uh, were the watchers just you know they were just bored was this like you know was earth just like spring break for them um, <laughs> yeah like what was the reasoning and some think that it was just they were disobeying orders so that's the first one we got the other one kind of calls back to the episode we did last week on the Anunnaki sure. which is uh, another sort of entire cousin branch of ancient astronaut theory mm. and is in its own world where they believe the entire human species Uh was created by taking homo erectus and 
splicing their genes with aliens. Specifically, you might be able to, as a geneticist, be able to say more. Something called HAR1. HAR1. I'm not familiar with that gene. HAR1. It's on the 21st chromosome, and apparently it is the part of our genetic code that makes us uniquely human and is the fastest evolving part of our our genome. Yes. Uh, And is probably tied to a lot of our brain development and stuff. Yes. The show Ancient Aliens, I, I, for preparation as my only part of this podcast, I watched an episode of it and they were talking about it. And I guess the idea, and I might be stepping on your toes here a bit, Tristan, but I guess the idea is they don't believe, ancient astronaut theorists don't believe that it could have evolved on its own for us to have that specific gene. So they think it comes from alien life or other planets or it was given to us, sent here to us in some capacity. Yeah. And you, and when asking, why do you think it's not real or why do you think it's not natural? Then they go next topic. (laughs) (laughs) I I can, I, I, knowing ancient aliens track record, I'd have to look at the specific gene to see what they're claiming about it. But knowing Mm -hmm. their track record, I'm assuming they didn't do their research. (laughs) I did. I did Google this a little bit. So here's, here's the little bits that I can get. One of the people who does think that HAR1 might not be naturally evolved is uh, a certain scientist by the name of Dr. Crick, who is famous for being one of the two people who uh, claim to make the... um the or to discover the uh structure of human of dna um mm-hmm. which is fun because then one went into ufo science stuff and the other one went into hyper racism yeah um mm-hmm. so um, <laughs> both of them just just bangers um oh, so I, I was not aware of this about uh francis Quir- crick believes this uh according yeah. to ancient aliens oh, according to ancient aliens, yeah it is mentioned um, several times in the episode i watched yeah, yeah. Uh, and dr watson uh if anyone doesn't know became like a massive like race realist and believes that like certain types of people are genetically inferior to others. Um, oof. Yeah, they they, they got they, they got one W with the discovering of the structure of human DNA and it's just been downhill ever since, mm-hmm. I guess. Could have just lived their life quietly, but nope. According to this this other theory that humans were genetically engineered, the story in the Bible of Adam and Eve and the fruit of wisdom mm-hmm. is actually a metaphor for the uh sort of uplifting of humans to uh to you know our level of knowledge right yeah the, the, the apple gaining is, of consciousness sort of yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, apple the apple of knowledge is is a metaphor for the aliens uplifting us and mm. now you might ask why would you do this why would you just do a random genetic experiment on these strange precursors to the worst people french people um <laughs> with homo erectus <laughs> I can say that I have the brow to uh, <laughs> I, I have the brow and the family, the very extensive family tree to be able to make fun of French people. Um, and occasionally you do pronounce French words. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, if there's anybody in Quebec with the last name Bilodeau, you're probably a distant cousin of mine. There are so many of us. Um <laughs> So that's so the reason why, and oh boy, does this get fun, is gold. Oh my gold. God. So what they believe is that uh, gold uh-huh. is a, a very rare element in the cosmos, which, you know, mm, not particularly, but okay. And that they 
came to Earth because Earth was particularly rich in gold, which is not even true in the solar system. And that the Anunnaki, the lizard people, came here to mine gold. They got to get human gold. They got to get that valuable Earth gold. Earth gold, yeah. Despite the fact that, you know, like, so they say that there's like, you know, ancient mines and stuff on Earth that are like hundreds of thousands of years old. I haven't done the investigation into that because I think I might do an episode of its own on these like hundred thousand year old mines. I'm I'm pretty sure they stole this idea from uh, H.P. Love. Lovecraft. I think there's a story that has to do with these with the Migo or something like that, an alien race mining for gold. <laughs> that would not be too inaccurate because Eric Von Daniken did get sued for plagiarism and one of the people he plagiarized was H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. But um so so they so they 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 made the humans because they the Anunnaki themselves did not want to do any uh work. Relatable, honestly. <laughs> so they're very you lazy know? aliens. So they don't they don't have robots to do it? I guess not. So they did instead of making robots, they genetically engineered humans to be a slave race and are the reason we exist which is very Lovecraftian. Yeah. Uh, the reason that we were put onto this earth was to mine gold. <laughs> and all I can think of is um, that robot in Rick and Morty that's entire purpose is to butter bread or something like that. <laughs> he passes the butter. He passes the butter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is interesting. Like, I mean, like that's a cool story. If we, if we just found out that we were made to just be miners. I do have to say, as you mentioned, robots, probably an easier solution. Do it for free. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, they're free. And we, we're, we're close to doing that ourselves. Second, um, try Trust me, if if gold was what you're after, there are way easier places to get it than Earth and even in this solar system. So the reason why we are having so much trouble going to space is because it costs $10,000 a kilogram in uh, fuel Hmm. just to break the gravity well of the Earth. So getting Hmm. things up and out, up and down from the gravity well is a huge undertaking. This is why when we're probably going to go to Mars, what we're going to do is build a base on the moon and build the ship that's going to Mars on the moon or around the moon because it has much less gravity. The whole reason why space is complicated and expensive is because of the gravity well. This solar system has an entire asteroid belt that we have discovered several that have gold deposits that could rival some of the largest deposits ever found on Earth. You could get all the gold you want from the asteroid belt and you wouldn't have to deal with the issue of coming in and out of the gravity well. Right. There. This reminds me of, um, have you ever seen, uh, what's that? It was like a movie, Battle Los Angeles or something. In the- oh yeah, that, that uh, recruiting <laughs> film for the, uh, for the Marines that came out a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a there's a quote in it where they're like they're, the aliens are here because they want our water, which is like really really funny when you realize like water is like the most abundant molecule in like the whole universe. <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're just coming. They're just coming to destroy the earth, and they're like, ooh, Neptune. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, hey, what is a planet that's like ten times the size of Earth and has tons of water? They okay. like a challenge. They like a challenge, and they know that we'll put up at least a little bit of a fight. Yeah, I just want the scene where the alien spaceships are flying right past Europa on the way to earth to get uh to get water so i I know this was a little bit all over the place but um this is sort of the state that ancient aliens is at um when it comes to claims about you know genetic engineered humans i also i think we can't even talk about humans being the source of genetic engineering from aliens without talking about 
the wonderful UFO sex cult, the Raelians, who are run by a man who's just named Rail. Uh, it's very popular in uh, French-speaking countries and Japan, where they are a free love cult that believes that human beings are genetically engineered by aliens and that they actually fund a organization called Clone Aid that actually hmm. is trying to clone the first human. And it's 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 its own oh my god own thing. <laughs> that is a lot That's of a information. Lot to take to take in, right in. I'm looking yeah. at the, the Wikipedia page for these people and the pictures are amazing. But yes, uh, so all of these theories, uh, I guess, is, is the main thrust of the many different claims that uh, that have to deal with humans and aliens interbreeding and making a race of giants that uh, mm-hmm. either are, are just us. So either the Bible is just talking about our own creation through colorful metaphor, or it is a literal race of giants made through breeding or genetic engineering that then, and this part gets a little murky, something happened and the ice in Antarctica melted and caused a global flood and the Anunnaki (laughs) had to leave. uh, And that then they'll come back because the planet Nibiru that they are on has Mm a... 3,900 and something year time uh, wrote like what's it called uh, uh, ro- uh, orbit around the sun Oh, a highly elliptical orbit and that it was going to come back uh, sometime in December of 2012 and, and, uh, and astronomers didn't didn't find this this planet this rogue planet going around no 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 <laughs> they called it the 12th planet and I'm like we're like we're down to nine now so <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're barely not, we gotta find a couple more before yeah. we get to this one that's funny (laughs) yeah so I will say that I actually kind of sympathize with the ancient astronaut people in this one there is something interesting about the uh, stories being so consistent across cultures of this one phenomenon happening and if you were predisposed to believe that aliens were behind uh, you know the commonalities in human culture this would be one to look into this one shows up everywhere but the evidence really doesn't like like I, I had that whole diatribe earlier about sleep paralysis. Mm. Uh, I remember. That is a much more easy to understand explanation than uh, somehow everything that we know about exobiology and just biology and basic biochemistry is wrong. And that aliens from multi, like, you know, like, like light years away somehow were able to really like, you know, violate the laws of physics to get here and then breed with humans without with, with that even being possible. Yeah. Plus, I think we've learned today as well that uh, about one third of all podcasters has experienced sleep paralysis. There you go. (laughs) So even more tangible evidence for you. Yeah. um, So I will say also that uh, uh, it paints a lot of mystery. Like it it was talking about maybe it's because of the age of the uh, the episode because we're like still in like 2008 or so. But it talks about the Human Genome Project and like how we've mapped out all these genes and yet we still have so much that are called non-coding DNA that we don't know what it does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they call it junk DNA, yeah. Oh, that's that's funny that they say that because it's like we've learned so much since that time. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, and so like this is the other part that it kind of shows the mystery because it's like the human genome has been mapped pretty thoroughly. Uh, it's you can fit the human genetic code on a CD. It's like it's like three like it's like about three or four hundred megabytes if you put it in a text file. Hmm. I know because for some reason I have my DNA in a text file. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not even sure I'm, this is going to date this episode of the podcast. I was going to say, I was going to make a joke that I'm not even sure that red Taylor's version will fit on ACD. There's like 30 songs on there. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Especially that 10 minute uh, finale. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a banger though. And also just, uh, what's it called? You wouldn't be able to fit that many eggs on Jake Gyllenhaal's face on one disc. That's <laughs> That uh. is true. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny to me when you realize that like uh, a guy like Eric Von Daniken, like I, I'm trying to figure out when he would, we would have been born, but like we didn't, they like at, when he was alive, we didn't even know DNA existed like when he was born. He, is, he is still alive. Oh, he is still, no, I, no, not, I meant that I think I know he's alive, but like when, before he, like when he was born, like over the course of his life, yeah. we didn't know that DNA even existed. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so much has been learned in that amount of time. And mm-hmm. for him to just say like, oh, it's unknown and there's going to be alien DNA and it is kind of insulting to yeah. like the actual researchers who know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this in defense of ancient aliens. Because I know there's been some talk about like, oh, how scientifically accurate were they representing the concept of DNA and genomes and things? I will have you know that the episode of Ancient Aliens had a lot of stock footage of CGI DNA strands. Oh, where it's like a a DNA helix spinning around? Yeah. (laughs) So I think they know what they're talking about. Okay. (laughs) I just want to give them a little bit of credit there. The other thing to mention, too, is that all of these claims, especially stuff about genetic engineering, don't play into the fact that uh, humans are way older than the Bible. Like, uh, we know pretty well that uh, the humans, humans that like if you were to uh, if they were to be born, if you were they were born and taken in a time machine all the way to today, they could have grown up normally like everyone else have been around for seven digits of years, like in in like uh, like about a million years, maybe two. So there's a lot of room missing there. If the if uh, if you if we have evidence of humans evolving like over a million years ago, and then in this book that is like you know five six thousand years old at the oldest, you have then that's when the aliens show up and do this stuff. The second is that when it comes to these giants, is that despite the best efforts of the young Earth creationists, um, much like uh, Noodle was today. No bones. <laughs> I was going to make <laughs> yeah. the same joke. Much like Noodle was today, no <laughs> bones. Uh, we haven't found the fossils of any giants. We haven't found, you know, old villages with giant-sized clothes or giant-sized, uh, like, you know, items. We haven't found, like, giant huts or any of the myriad signs that there would be that there were humans that were that huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing. There's no giant human remains. <laughs> Absolutely. I will say it is, it is funny to me that you're like, we haven't even found giant clothing or anything because there is like a trend with current humans for the past couple of decades where we like to make the world's biggest whatever, like the world's biggest pizza or the world's <laughs> biggest, you know, ball of yarn or whatever. And, and they're if, all in the Midwest. Ar- that's where the giants are. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the giants are. If archaeologists came, you know, observed this time, they'd be like boy they must have been making big pizzas for <laughs> big people i bet there's big people uh, oh archaeologists and paleontologists in like the far future are going to have like the biggest trip like trying to explain <laughs> everything like trying to explain like how like uh like pugs exist they're gonna be like what what the, they're gonna find a pug how did skull. this happen yeah. like, how did this We're gonna exist the plastic age <laughs> and then the last little bit too is that both of these stories have heavily reliance on the existence of there being a global flood and mm-hmm. i'm sure 
Trey, you could speak to yeah, this yeah. better than I could. There isn't There's one. No, it's it's not possible. <laughs> like even if all the ice caps melted, there would still be land and yeah, mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense. And like, yeah, there's there's cultures that exist that like exist before the Great Flood and then continue existing until after the Great Flood. Suppose it like when that time period is without any interruption. So kind of mm-hmm. weird. And I <laughs> and the, the the wildest one that I always remember is that if the young Earth creationist story about the world is correct, then there are trees that are several thousand years older than the universe. Right. Um, <laughs> well, and and also, um, if you want to get into if they want to get into genetics, like if there's a global flood the genetic bottleneck that would happen as a result of that would be like insane <laughs> like the, the amount okay. of inbreeding and uh <laughs> yeah well i mean we already did it before with adam and eve but also um it's funny because we're also just through uh some factor that we don't actually know very well we are a remarkably inbred species um because of um there's that whole toba catastrophe theory where they think i, I think this is one's pretty debunked but they like compared to like dogs and stuff like that humans are very genetically similar to each other yeah yeah especially yeah relative to other species um i think the theory i'm gonna have to get like know the literature that had to go with the tambor eruption but i remember like like they believe that the population of humanity was limited to several thousand or several hundred, several tens of thousands or something like that. Which, like, if that leaves a genetic bottleneck, like, imagine like four people. <laughs> like, it, it just wouldn't be working. <laughs> yeah, there just there just wouldn't be humans at that yeah. point. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, I think um, the minimum. I remember seeing once that somebody said the minimum you need to have is like 133 people to have a genetically comfortable species. Yeah, but to do that, you would also have to have it so that everybody was it was like in like a sort of giant polyamorous like blob <laughs> where just everybody would be having children with as many different people as possible just to keep the genetic mixing as wild as, as you can get it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's, um, that's why I don't think personally that there were giants and that humans were genetically engineered to mine gold, but that's just my <laughs> take. Yeah. Um, but there might be giants, but there might be giants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but before we move on to the great beyond, I want to thank, Trey for making this show so fun. Oh, thank you so yes. much. I, I've had a lot of fun being on here. Sorry if I went on like tangents. I feel like I just... That's, no, that's why please. we got you. That's who you're here yeah, for. That's why you're here. <laughs> no, I, this was super fun. I loved uh, getting to learn. I loved all those tangents. I love getting to learn uh, so much more about his... I mean, really a, a big part of the reason why I'm even here on this podcast is just because I like learning about history and cultures and ancient civilizations and, and everything like that. So it is just a treat for me whenever we get, uh, you know, as much as I love Tristan shouting facts at my ears every every (laughs) week when we get someone new. It's it's very, very exciting. So thank you for making time to be here. No problem. Thank you so much. Now, if I was listening to this podcast and I was thinking, man, this Trey guy's really cool. What does he have to say about the Mothman? Oh, yes. Where would they be able to go? They'd be able to go to uh, go on to YouTube and look up uh, Trey the Explainer or uh, go on to I I guess maybe don't go on my Twitter. (laughs) It's like (laughs) at Trey underscore explainer i think um yeah. yeah and then i also have a, a little podcast that's on uh on a lot of programs it's on it's a, the plastic plesiosaur podcast to do with my friend miles and we just talk about uh bigfoot and monster quest and all kinds of fun stuff <laughs> nice that's amazing well i'm pretty sure our listeners like podcasts so you have you have a brand new one to listen to yeah. everyone we'll have yeah. links to everything in the show notes to make it easier for everybody uh, to find Trey's stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as for this show, if you want to connect with us and our content, 
We have a Twitter. That's our main social media touch point, which is at it's at props, not aliens. Yep. We <laughs> um, gotta fix that in the show notes, Tristan. I, it's in the template. This is just an older one. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, of course, Scott and I have our own YouTube channels, NerdSync. Yeah. Talking yeah. about. I, I have a YouTube channel called NerdSync where I talk about comics and superheroes predominantly, but I also am uh, trying to talk about things, other nerdy things that I'm interested in. Uh, mostly it's been Scooby-Doo. So if you're interested <laughs> in Scooby-Doo lore uh, and in history and things like that, come check it out. Scooby-Doo lore. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Tristan was talking about how we did an episode last week about the Anunnaki. Mm-hmm. That plays into Scooby-Doo lore. <laughs> What? Like for a lot. real, genuinely, it is like a crux of Scooby Doo lore. This <laughs> I also should note that I do love how we are week by week um, just workshopping your uh, elevator pitch for <laughs> It's changing um, so much. Where can people find your stuff, Tristan? Uh, I run a channel called Step Back. It's about how history and the present are fundamentally related, and it's usually sad. And if you like this podcast, we thrive on two things: word of mouth, because there's there's no there's no podcast yeah. algorithm. So uh, word of mouth, sharing with your friends, telling yes. people, uh, putting it on USB sticks and throwing it at people, all those things welcome and encouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, not legally binding, but also what little algorithm there is, is through the review system. So five star reviews, uh, talking about that stuff. I imagine we're a little bit tight for time, so we might not be able to read reviews this week, but uh, no, we'll probably we get won't some read more. reviews this week. We'll read reviews next week. Uh, they're a lot of fun. We have a ton of great ones. Thank you all for leaving them. If you left a four star review ages ago when I made jokes saying to make us the most four star podcast. Hey, I appreciate all of you who have now changed it to five stars because I didn't realize that that actually affected our <laughs> podcast rankings. Uh, but thank you so much for all the reviews. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been just sharing the show. There's been so much of it and uh, it just makes us so happy that people are liking what we're doing. I have fun recording it every week and I'm glad people are liking it. So thank you. Yeah. And of course, everybody, the truth is out there. Probably. Probably.